How the Russo-Ukrainian Conflict is Affecting Former Soviet Satellite States The Russia-Ukraine conflict is affecting the world except for the 1% as usual. It is affecting Russia. It is affecting Europe. It is affecting the United States. There is one area that is being affected that nobody is too concerned with and that is the former Soviet satellite states of the Baltics and Central Asia. Like it or not, the Russo-Ukrainian conflict is altering the geopolitics of Eastern Europe and the Baltics. The Baltic states Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania are already a component of the NATO clan and the European Union Brotherhood and have cemented their anti-Putin stance and strengthened their national identities. The three Baltic states have been the punching bag of Europe and the Ottomans in the past few centuries. There is an absurd sense in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania that they are not in any danger and are safer than ever. This newly found confidence is from their membership to the EU and their membership to NATO. If you look at the past 800 to 900 years of history, an argument could be made that we have never been so secure. Because we have so many very powerful allies, we're an independent country with our own standing army, a free and open and flourishing trade and investment environment, says Kristjanis Karins, Latvia's Prime Minister. The Russo-Ukrainian conflict has Georgia and Moldova less interested in remaining neutral and more interested in fully joining the EU and NATO. Both countries though are treading carefully to avoid provoking the bear. Tbilisi and Chisinau have each resisted joining EU-wide sanctions against Russia since the Ukraine escalation. Two former Soviet republics, Georgia and Moldova, have decided not to stay neutral, they have applied for EU membership. The EU accession process usually takes years and requires meeting strict criteria that takes into account such factors as economic stability, the level of corruption, and respect for human rights. How did Turkey slip through? This is not always the case as we see Finland and Sweden's membership being fast-tracked. Even if a country is being fast-tracked for membership, consensus among the 27-nation bloc is still a requirement to accede to numbers. We can see how one dissenting member of NATO can affect the membership of another country wanting to join NATO in real time. Finland and Sweden's quest to join NATO is being railroaded by Ankara and President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. The other former Soviet regimes Armenia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan are, broadly speaking, allies. They have remained restrained mainly because of their geographic isolation and continued dependence on Russia for export routes, security assistance, and labor markets which makes them reluctant to neither support the conflict nor vigorously condemn Putin. Like much of the non-Western world, they abstained or did not vote on the UN resolution condemning Russia. Straddling diplomatic fences is one of the most conspicuous attributes of what is often called a multi-vector foreign policy. Some actions taken by the stand suggest greater resistance to Moscow than initial diplomatic statements indicated. Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan have disputed the Kremlin's suggestions that they support the war. As the Russian military campaign struggled, according to the mainstream media, the governments of Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Uzbekistan expressed a more open critique of the situation in Ukraine. However, because they are skilled at walking a balance between the West and Russia, they neither avoid Western sanctions nor do they embrace them. Sometimes Central Asians are jaded of NATO's military role in Eastern Europe. Central Asians are more likely to see NATO as a threat rather than as a source of protection, according to a new survey from the American firm Gallup. The survey polled residents of all the ex-Soviet republics except for Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan. All of the Central Asian states saw NATO as more of a threat than as protection. Tajikistan was the most anti-NATO state, with 34% seeing it as a threat and 8% as protection. Next is Kyrgyzstan, at 19% protection and 30% threat, 
and Kazakhstan 25% protection and 31% threat. The problems of authoritarian regimes, crime, corruption, terrorism, and ethnic and civil tensions often jeopardize the security and independence of all the new states of Central Asia, though to varying degrees. These issues combined with the skepticism of NATO and the West could deter the West from completing their encirclement of Russia. But one idea the West is trying to convey is that if a country abstained from voting on the UN resolution condemning Russia's attack on Ukraine, it was in fear of Russia's retaliation. This is a bold statement to make, seeing how 52 countries, 141 out of 193, either abstained, did not vote, or voted in favor of Russia, and these are just the countries that the United Nations have decided to let join, there are in actuality nearly 270 countries in the world. This is not so, it may be in part but most nations are in fear of the US, and the West more so than Russia. Remember though, that it was alliances which, indirectly, sparked World War I. Yes, there was an assassination but on a prince which is terrible but he was just a prince, not a king or queen, not a president, not even a prime minister. It was the mindset of us versus them, you are either with us or against us, where did we hear that from before?